0: Hey everybody and welcome to episode 78 of the Revive Yourself podcast, here we
1: go. Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Have you got a health issue that just won't go away no matter what you try? Then, welcome to the Revive Yourself podcast, where we reveal the secrets to long lasting health by getting to the root cause of problems that no one else is talking about. So you can have more energy, clear skin, healthier hair, a leaner physique, more confidence, and most importantly, do the things you love and live the life you deserve. Here's your host, Ryan Martin.
0: So, guys and girls, welcome to episode 78. Hope you are well. Hope you are good um yeah as always it's it's, uh, it's lots going on um lots going on really looking to get this um get this shop in place for you on the website as soon as possible it's all going up just um lots of more great stuff i wanted to put your way um so that's been going on and um also still people loving the free uh, four day um mini workshop over at www.reviveyourself.co. If you've been dealing with a chronic issue, then heading over there to get for that. Uh, and a lot of great feedback on the last few guests, especially Steph Westbrook, Tom Staverley as well. Um, and today's guest is with Emma Lane. Now, Emma's been involved in holistic health for a long time, th- more than 30 years. Um, and she goes under the, the guise of a holistic health coach, uh, and she's got her expertise. Um, is is far and wide, you know. She, she's one. She's also studied with Paul check Emma actually was a recommendation from Paul and Warren Williams. Um, and her knowledge is vast and wide. And I will be getting her back on the show because, as you'll see, this conversation is a cracker. And she's got lots more we can talk about. Uh, but today we're concentrating solely on parasites. Uh, actually, we do move the conversation a bit. Uh, a bit further on, we, when we start talking about Wi-Fi, heavy metals, um, how it impacts the body, how it impacts the brain, but we start off um, with parasites and start talking all about them, how they can negatively impact you, how you pick them up, um, how they can affect your partner, why you've got to be careful with your pets, what meats to avoid, um, and a lot more uh, as well, Yeah, how they can change your personality, um, so it's really intriguing interesting episode been wanting to talk to Emma for a while so without further ado here she is enjoy and I'll see you on the other side cool ladies and gentlemen welcome to episode 78 of the Revival Soul podcast today we have uh, well apparently we've got royalty on the parasite queen in Emma MLA <laughs> how are you doing today Emma
2: I'm good thank you how are you
0: yeah I'm good we're just having a little chat off air, and uh, we're going to try to to not freak you out so much but um we'll be talking about all things parasites but just for the people out there Emma, um it was really curious for me this um I've heard your story and obviously you got into your holistic health coach and obviously you do I mean that that's quite a broad spectrum of things. You do a lot, uh, a lot of courses that you teach as well. But how you got into it and I mean through personal training and looking at the body then finding out that obviously the nutrition and other aspects were very important when it comes to healing and obviously the body is a holistic entity. But what what drew you to, to learn about parasites? What was the big pull there?
2: Okay. Um, I suppose personal experience. Um, part of my health journey involved um, finding out that I had several parasites. And um, basically, I just got absolutely fascinated by them. Um, they are amazing things. A lot of people think they're very gross. Um, but... How they actually survive and how they can manipulate um, the species that they're using as a vector, as a transfer, or they're hanging out. It it basically is, they're just fascinating. Um, And that was that. Um, So, yes, I went on a journey of um, looking at how to eradicate them, but also along the way over the years recognizing that they actually serve a very good purpose at times as well and they can be very beneficial and helpful so you know over the years I've done I've done a lot of different training um, under lots of different specialists that work within parasitology Um, I am a naturopathic doctor um, and a functional medicine practitioner so there's lots of uh, different viewpoints in Mm -hmm. regards to parasites um from kind of more of the if you like the more allopathic side but also from more of the holistic side so it's it's getting all that information together and looking at how specifically it's affecting the the individual that is having the problems so if somebody's having a lot of symptoms then yes you need to find out what parasite or pathogen it is um so therefore that's when you'd use you know the lab test you go more allopathic but you have to identify the symptoms in order to have the right direction of how to test as well so that's kind of the more holistic so the the two you have to combine together um and that's pretty much what's happened over the years because i've done training on both sides Mm -hmm. um and it's just it's forever fascinating the different viewpoints that you learn from different people in regards to parasites
0: i mean I could be here all day talking to you. You said about four or five different things that we could go off on from the tangent here. When when it comes to, because uh, because first of all the beneficial side of it, I mean, I just uh, we'll get into that in a minute. But pa- testing for parasites is quite hard. I uh, would say hard. You you I think it's the um, PCI testing does a full range of testing. You can test for a lot more than on average. You can only test about four, 12 to fourteen. And I've had women come to me and say, look, that I've been tested and nothing's come back. I said trust me, you're, you're uh, exuding all the symptoms of a parasite infection. Exactly. And we put them on a, a parasite protocol and boom, I mean, I've seen one of my clients pass to like an 18-inch uh, uh, hookworm, not the tapeworm, sorry, tapeworm. And um, and she was just fascinated. She couldn't believe what came out of her. And I've had it quite, quite a few times. Or or you just put them on there and their symptoms go away, the, the parasites, or the actual the burden that they put on the system, it goes away. So... Interesting for that the testing. It's, I think it's PCI testing, right? That you've got that only your practitioners can use it. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, it's no right. Um, we are the distributors for PCI uh, Inc., which is um, it's parasite testing um, in Arizona. So we are parasite testing UK kind of thing. So okay. it's uh, where the European distributors are the. Yeah, we dispute more than just Europe, but we're the, uh, we're the distributors for the test. And I work closely alongside Dr. A- Amin, who is the um, owner um, of uh, PCI, the Parasitology Center Incorporated in Scottsdale, Arizona. They are the only lab that specialise in parasites um, and When you're talking about testing, testing for parasites is very challenging because they have different growth cycles. Um, So you can be displaying the symptoms, but when you actually take a sample of whether it's the blood, whether it's stool, whether it's urine, whatever it is that you, you you know, because they'll live in different areas of the body. Um, So especially with stool samples, you need to know that you are working with a lab that actually understands what they're seeing underneath the microscope so the lab technicians if you want to call them that at pci are actually phd parasitologists that have worked on continents so they can identify what they're seeing Mm -hmm. so frequently with other labs that don't specialize in parasites fungus etc um the labs are receiving lots of different specimens which are looking for other things so it might be hormonal testing such as thyroid adrenal um liver function etc female hormones so they don't specialize in just looking at the parasites. so this is why you'll frequently get taxonomy unavailable because they can see something but they don't know what it is mm-hmm. so they can't identify it so you're paying for a test but not getting the information which is what you're doing the test for mm-hmm. so with pci um This is kind of why I agreed to be their distributor, um, because I struggled for many years as a practitioner. Finding a good lab could do the the testing. And one of the things that stood out to me about PCI was you can do multiple samples in the two test tubes. So you don't just do one sample or two samples. You can do many samples within the test tubes because the solution, in the test tube makes it stable. For a period of time which means what you get clients to do is test on symptomatic days because that's more indicative of the actual parasite in part of its growth cycle so if they get diarrhea for example every um once every week and um, it's quite cyclical or they get more bloating um a couple of times in a week that's when you would get them to actually do the stool test that day because you're more likely then Um, to find what parasite it is. So you get better identification rates with PCI, and that's been verified um, by other organisations in the States that they have a a 50 to, I think, don't quote me on this, it's it's higher than 50%, but I can't remember what, it's something like 50 to 65% um identification rate outside any other lab in the world. Okay. So, you know, when you're paying for a paras when you're paying for a test, you want to get the right answers. You don't want to have things missed because it's very easy to do that with the growth cycles. Um parasites don't don't play along per se. Mm. You have to um work with what the body's telling you. So, you know, the symptoms and that's when you would collect the samples. So then the lab is much more likely to identify whatever parasite it is. And plus, with them being PhD parasitologists, they know what they're seeing. Mm-hmm. So they're not going to miss things, yeah, which yeah. makes a massive difference. Um, so, yeah, I've used PCI now for probably a good eight, nine years. Um, and we I still do double blinds, which basically means I will send in um, a clients; They'll do several sample collections and we'll take samples from those collections and we'll send it into different labs um under different you know we'll send the samples in um and see what the labs come back with and consistently when we've done that PCI is the one that identifies everything, where the others all just pick up on one or two, or might mm. miss it altogether
0: Okay. So, so it's, it's they're the people to go with. and know. I know that um, talking to Warren, um, we're looking at doing that with one of my clients uh, at the moment. And uh, I mean, when it comes to it, you want the best. When you come to these things, no point in getting to I me. Mean, there's so many tests sets that you can pay a lot of money for and get no results. So you want you yeah. want you want to have the ones that that's right. And I mean, you mentioned there with your journey, you you've you've dealt with these things, and I had actually on my journey as well. I have some parasites. Um, amongst other things and it's really interesting you mentioned there a couple of times about symptoms now what sort of things i mean uh, the thing is i i you, i i know the answer to this but just for people out there what are some of the symptoms that people can be displaying uh, when it comes to parasites
2: uh it can be a myriad a myriad of things So the obvious things are the digestive ones. If if it's a digestive parasite, i.e. it's hanging out in the digestive system. So things like bloating, changes to bowel movements, um, uh, increasing gas flatulence, increasing burping. Um, So, you know, very obvious ones. And then you get in things like nausea. You can um, experience restlessness, restless sleep. You might have slept all night, but wake up feeling um, tired still like you haven't slept. You can get skin issues, so rashes, hives, um, that kind of thing. Um, You can get urgency with your bowel movements. You can get um, rectal pain and itching. Um, You can have more immune system reactions, so you can be much more... um, like through the different seasons, through the year, you can be more reactive at like hay fever, pollens, that kind of thing, or just in general, um, it can create more of a like a Th2 immune response. People can grind this the teeth oh, during teeth, when they're yeah. sleeping, um, night sweats, uh, nail biting. A very common one is um, like vertical lines around the mouth. Um, mm-hmm. That can be other things as well, but that's a common one. You can get eye floaters. Um, it's common for people to become sensitive to certain foods. Um, so literally yeah. anything. Yeah, fevers. You can get dark circles under the eyes. It's yeah. It's literally. Yeah. <laughs> it, you know, it's the the symptoms are very f- spread out, and this is why um, with the symptoms, it can frequently. You don't just assume it's a parasite because it can be indicative of other things going on in the body. So this is why the testing does come in. Um, you you know, you need to look at what the symptoms are. And if it's pointing towards parasites, then the best thing to do is get them tested. So it either rules it in or rules it out so mm-hmm. that then you can look at what other possible drivers it can be. Mm-hmm. Um, because obviously the symptoms are so varied. Um, it, you know, I don't want people just to assume that it is. Um, a parasite when mm. it, it it could be something else. Oh, yeah. So you, you've, you've got to find the driver um, and, as I say, you know, rule it in or rule it out mm-hmm. kind of thing. I, I'd
0: say, like... Um for 95% of my clientele, when you start putting holistic practice into place, change their diet, change their sleep pattern, um, change, change the way they're breathing, change the way they thought pattern, minimum things we do, the water, things in their skin, I mean, their issues subside, because you're just not giving, even if they have got something there, you're not giving it a breeding ground to go on, right? Um, but but for those people, when you do all that and they still have a problem, then for me, that's like red flag, or there's other issues like red flag. So, yeah. so for me, sort of like, definitely, and, um, the grinding teeth at night—it's um, been quite a big one for me with clients and other people, like parasites um, and people, especially like craving certain things at night when they're, even they're full. Um, is it them craving it or is it the parasite? There's, like, there's a few things that are sort of red flag-ish, but as you said, there it's a hard myriad of, of uh, different things, and that's the problem with, with it because they can. You've mentioned it also a bit earlier as well. is the problem with it is it could be anything, and also different parasites like to hang out in different parts of the body right so
2: yeah
0: first of all why is that i mean you touched on quite a few things i've, I've re- some of the things you said in your first little uh, your first little uh yeah, yeah first little um talk was oh, sorry, like sorry i missed you there I said, I lost s- 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 sorry, sorry huh. no i'm saying some I, of the things I you I said got me now got me now can you hear me now
2: Oh, yes, you're back.
0: Perfect, yes. perfect. I was saying, some of the things you were saying in your first little talk, you mentioned a, a few things that I could touch on, and just one of them was, like, why do... How come different parasites like different parts of the body? Um, for example, ropeworm might be in the gut, or, you know, you've got worm. you've got different different things. Some people might find it in their eye. Um, some hang around in the colon or around the anus. Why Why is that? And, uh, yeah, just what, what,
2: well, what, what happens Um here? Ultimately, they... They just, they just have preferences for different areas. And um, so obviously the ones that are more outside of the tissue, i.e. they'll hang out in the open spaces, so the lungs, the gastrointestinal tract, etc., that that is the right environment for them to survive, whereas you'll have other parasites which live within the cells. Um, so they're the much more tiny, if you like, so they, they tend to be more the protozoa. And again, it's just that it's supportive of them. Part of the reason that they'll hang out in different areas is also to protect themselves from the immune system, from identifying them so and being able to actually deal with them. Because parasites ultimately aren't parasites aren't bad per se. It's we have developed with them um, and they have helped develop our immune system. So this is, you know, they are very important to us. It's like all the information that's coming out now in regards to the microbiome. Um, we need them. We are intimately connected to them and our immune system is intimately connected to them. So when parasites are hanging out in us, they ultimately have to create a defense mechanism that they can survive because that's what they want to do. They want to survive. So if if that area of the body is providing them with the food that they need, the the type of environment, the temperature, etc., that's why they'll go there but they will migrate into other areas if forced so this is why you have to be very careful when you are using um anti-parasiticals you know like herbal antibiotics because it it can annoy them i nearly said the wrong word then it can annoy them and cause them to move into another area which can be more problematic um and they do have very um Interesting and compli- you know, complicated, like growth cycles. So, for for example, ascaris, which is a roundworm, um, and it's quite um, a large roundworm. It can grow up to about sixteen inches. Uh, the females, um, and they can lay a substantial amount of eggs as well. But pretty much, you generally get infected by them by what we call the fecal oral route so it's where you you've eaten something um, that has got some larvae some eggs on that food so let's just say you've been eating out at restaurant, and the person that's prepared your salad went to the toilet didn't wash the hands very well and there's a little bit of fecal material on there that's got some larvae in it they mix your salad up that drops into the salad you eat that you ingest it if your immune system is fully functional um so you've got good production of hydrochloric acid um you've got good uh, immune response it will just pass through but if you haven't it will go on this kind of joy ride so if the immune system can't kind of get it get at it you'll swallow the eggs they'll then um go into the bloodstream okay so you what you have is larvae hatching out um so that goes into your small intestines. They'll hatch out in your small intestines. Then they kind of bury their way out um, and they migrate into the heart and then bury their way out of the heart into the lungs, so into the alveoli. Um, they're still tiny, tiny at this point, little larvae. Um, and then what will happen with them in the lungs, They'll. one of the signs for ascaris is like a, a dry cough. So what will happen is people will cough. That will bring the larvae out of the lungs up the trachea then you'll re-swallow it down the esophagus enters back into the digestive tract and that's where they'll grow into you know the bigger worms and they'll hang out so that's their normal growth cycle to get where they want to go okay right. so this is why you know you've got you want to be very um aware of the foods that you're eating so you can get them, ultimately you can pick a parasite up through the mouth and it'll go on this little um, trip around the body. You can, there's certain ones that you can breathe in. So like pinworm eggs, you can actually breathe those in and get infected. You can pick up um, right through blood. Um, obviously there's blood transference and um, sex. There's certain ones that you can transmit through sex. Skin is a common one, but they're more if you go abroad so like hookworms for example um if you're walking around in bare feet or you're laid on a surface um sorry sand yeah sand so if you're laid directly on it so it's where somebody that's either been infected with a hookworm or an animal that is a carrier has defecated in the area um so therefore what you've got is the the larvae can survive in the external environment for a, a period of time and literally what they will do is they will release um like a serum that will help them bury through the skin so they'll eat the way through the skin and then they'll just go on a little joyride in the circulatory system so they'll get carried by the venous system um and again they will within the circulatory system they'll get into the heart they'll migrate out of the heart into the lungs the same kind of system where they'll get up and come down into digestive tract and then like hook on in the digestive tract and hookworms are the only um parasites that have teeth so literally they attach on and then they'll, they they survive by sucking your blood um L- so, then living that off that can, so. Say again did you live in a few like a parasite
0: Just living off you few. Well, yeah means. exactly yeah
2: so yeah that, that's, that's exactly what a parasite does hmm. so you know they'll each parasite has a um, a preference for an end site, let's say. So with ascaris and hookworms, the one I've just talked about, they like to end up in the digestive system. Mm-hmm. Um, but things like uh, um, toxoplasma. Gondii, um, just say it one, uh, one more time. So we just uh, that might, we just, that frequently ends up in the brain.
0: We just lost you there for I can say it one more toxoplasma
2: time. Toxoplasma gondii. Yeah. Toxoplasma
0: so toxoplasma so, so, so toxoplasma gondii. I want to get into this, but you said so. Just quickly, you, you said. Um, we get on that toxic person gone It's because that's the interesting one, I and mean, uh, well, they're all interesting. But when you said um, before about that they're, they're there to live off you, but they sort of can work with you. But it, it's 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 getting them to the point where they are working with you and not against you, right? So because obviously they can ruin people's lives. Oh uh, yeah. But but yeah. as you said, you know they've been they I mean that mother nature decomposes. They've been around for millions of years, and they'll be around not lot longer than us. There. They adapt and survive. They are just like, they're incredible. And so we've all got them, but it's having a certain amount and having the right amount and having them work for you rather than against you. And as you said, but the one you just mentioned there, very, just from my knowledge, you know, I'll let you, I'll let you go off on one because I know it's been linked with mental issues as well. But this yeah. is the one where it's found, it will go into a rat. Is this the one? Um, this is, yes. I think it's, it's a toxoplasma gondii, it will go into a rat. And it'll actually make that rat less fearful of a cat, for example, or from, from a thing. And because the, 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 the actual parasite wants to, it actually hung, hangs out in the cat's gut, that's where it wants to be. So it'll make the rat less susceptible to fear, so it'll go next to, next to a cat, a cat will eat it, and then go, end up, and so it can end up in, in the gats, in, in the cat's gut, where it wants to be. And, um, they're very clever in that they can manipulate you and, and or manipulate whatever they want. And they're very, very clever in that. And they've actually been linked as well, I think, to entrepreneurs that are more linked, uh, that are more susceptible to taking risks in business as well. I think they found that out in a few tests. I don't know if you've yeah, done that.
2: It's, yeah, it's basically what the parasite does is it modifies the host behavior. Mm-hmm. So the the parasite wants to be in cats. Yeah that that's his whole point so pretty much what about, what this found is um all research is it will modify the rat's behavior by reducing its fear response and heightening its sexual response so it's you know if if you've got an uninfected rat it will avoid cats because of the odor so it's the smell right. so it works with them the olfactory system but the rats that are infected with the toxoplasma gondii they are actually drawn to the scent
0: Right. so
2: this is it's affecting um it takes kind of the fear factor away but heightens the sexual response so they're actually drawn to the scent mm-hmm. so obviously this increases the transmission to the cats mm-hmm. but because that's where they want the, to be the, mm-hmm. in the the cats are the main host for toxoplasma gondii so When they discovered this, um, obviously, they started to think down the lines of, well, if we get infected, does it have a similar effect on us? And what they found is that, yes, it does. um, But Toxoplasma gondii is quite hard to test for after the initial infection because it embeds itself. Now, there are tests that you can Where, Where Where does it embed itself? it tends to be in the brain Mm. it likes the brain Mm -hmm. yeah so this is why now uh toxoplasma gondii is linked to alzheimer's it's linked to dementia um parkinson's it's there's there's very clear links there's a lot of studies schizophrenia any kind of um like behavioral challenges um so people that are infected with toxoplasma gondii if they do have neurological problems um are much more associated with frequency of trying to commit suicide for example now in people that don't have imbalances within the brain function but might be but that are carry, but are carrying the toxoplasma gondi um it affects males and females differently humans in that males it will make them more um adrenaline junkies they will have less fear so these are the types of people that will um ride motorbikes and take risks um you know where it's like maybe a tight gap they'll go for it they'll go at high speeds the, the the guys are more likely to do um adrenaline based sports so you know um, Off-piste skiing, those kind of things. They're, they're going to challenge themselves because they don't have the same degree of, of fear or sense around what the risks are. Right. Whereas females, females are—it tends to make them more concerned about other people, so they tend to be overly mothering and caring. So it, it definitely has a different effect, males and females. Where the males won't give a shit kind of thing the females will be um all about taking care caring, of the person caring too much much. yes putting themselves before others too frequently so it's um it's a very interesting parasite and in how it how it does would there be would
0: there be any pain in the head or would people notice that at all nothing
2: there's very few symptoms with Toxplasma. yeah very few t- symptoms with t-gondi when females, one of the areas that they do know that is problematic, obviously, is uh, pregnant uh, women. So they will be tested when they are pregnant because it can cause uh, encephalitis um, for the child. So it can cause brain damage if they are carrying that parasite. So they will be they will be checked and treated. But in general, they see Toxoplasma gondii, i.e. the medical profession sees Toxoplasma gondii as if you're not pregnant, it's not a big deal. Don't worry about it. Even though we know it changes behaviors, and there are literally hundreds of studies about this, I've presented on this numerous times, and I've written articles on um, Toxoplasma gondii. For example, the they do like the medical community is very aware of um, behavior because if somebody's looking to have an organ transplant, one of the things that they look yeah, yeah. for is if somebody is infected. If they are an organ donor. Or organ donor, they will check to see if they are infected with toxic plants, and And one of the key reasons they'll check is if, if somebody's been involved in, like, a, and especially if they're male. You say again a motorbike accident, a motorbike or a car accident, anything yeah. where it's like that, um, there may have been uh, Push, pushing it. those kind of adrenaline dri- driven behaviors. Um, mm. So, any kind of you know sporting accident that kind of thing you okay. know as I say with the males it tends to be yeah. they take risks yeah, more yeah. so than other people so do. is it quite easy
0: to test for then
2: no uh, initially yes with the initial infection but there's not a lot of signs that you picked it up um but ultimately it's um once you've got it yes you can do tests but it's not that easy to test for so and if you did want to get
0: rid of it how how do you get rid of it
2: um, you would you would uh, treat accordingly, um, like any parasite. Certain things are more effective against different parasites. Okay. Um, so it depends, you know, what else you've got going on. You you've got to have a good platform of health mm-hmm. to build from. You don't just go after a parasite no. to kill it. You've got to make sure that the person has the reserves and the well-being, the level of vitality in place before you you go after a parasite.
0: Yeah, yeah, 100%. I mean, I've seen, uh, I think it was a a brain surgeon looking for a tumour, and he opened up what he thought was a tumour and outcome, uh, a parasite. And that's happened quite a few times because they like to have pockets and they like to protect themselves and they're, they're very clever and um, it's just very interesting because, you know, these these are things people don't talk about that much or they just don't particularly know. And, and just for, for Toxoplasma um, gondola, just real for, for quick, you know, how would someone get that? Would that be through pets licking them or, like, their cat or what would happen?
2: Yeah, you um, definitely, especially cats, licking them if the cat's infected. Um, if you garden um, and you have cats that defecate in the garden if you're not wearing gloves for example if you anybody that um got cats has to be very aware of toxoplasma gondii because um there there is a couple of studies that have shown that toxoplasma gondii eggs can be airborne so you can breathe them in um so if you're changing cat litter and your cat's infected you're increasing your risk factors um so it's, it's not a you know the the old saying, you know, about the lonely old cat lady that's slightly mad, it, it's in mm. keeping with toxoplasma. Okay. Um, so if you do have your neighbour's cat coming into gardening, you garden, there's a factor there. You can get it from um, the fecal oral route, but it's not very, it's not a main transfer route. Let's put it that way.
0: And so, yeah, uh, I was just, just going to say. So with, with, um, I mean, getting your animals. and I want to get onto pets in general, but. But getting your cat dewormed or getting your dog dewormed, is that is that enough? Uh,
2: yeah, it's... Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. Right, ultimately, it's like with human beings. What you really need to do is make sure that they have the optimal level of health and vitality. So just as humans today... Um, aren't very healthy in general their Mm -hmm. level of well-being has dropped down and as i was saying earlier that's that increases the likelihood of you experiencing a parasite Mm -hmm. when your level of health and well-being is not good because your immune system won't be modulating as well as it should be so therefore if you've not got good digestive processes if your immune system's um, under par parasites are just opportunistic as are you know fungus bacteria viruses they're opportunistic they're just trying to find a nice happy healthy home to no, hang out that nice them. yeah. and generally yeah. that means that you're not able to support yourself that's mm-hmm. why they can take the opportunity so with pets it's the same thing if you're feeding them crappy processed tinned food that's got loads of things in it that they wouldn't normally eat in normal so, you know circumstances i.e traditionally what the animal eats to survive they are much more likely to have a problem with um, worms etc picking up ticks that kind of thing so it's not just worming them and putting topical stuff on to prevent ticks and things it's it's making sure that they have good health and well-being and theoretically then you shouldn't need to actually use the commercial wormers We've got a product called Freedom Cleanse Restore, which is what Dr. Aiming created. It's a broad spectrum um parasite fungi bacterial um antiparasitical, anti pathogenic basically. And we use that with animals. So it's it's a natural um anti, it's a herbal antibiotic if you like. well. we use that with yeah, we use that with humans. It's it was developed for humans. But we have lots of clients that use it to um, deworm the dogs and the cats and the horses. Um, we have farmers that use it for the livestock mm-hmm. uh, because it's very effective and it's not as detrimental to the health. Any, uh, you're aware and probably your listeners are aware, um, medical drugs have a purpose. They serve a purpose. They have a place. But if you are reliant on them and you're just going, "Oh well, yeah, it looks like you know the dog's dragging its butt across the floor again, we' better deworm it, and you're putting in um something that's quite harsh that in itself will affect the animal's health, making them more susceptible, susceptible. to other things Mm -hmm. you know this is why we have the high rate of cancers and leukemias in dogs and cats now which is a that's only happened in the last 10-15 years you know they they are getting the same diseases that we are and it's because they're eating the processed foods that we've been eating the difference is with the um with the animal food production um they that industry has to show that it will sustain the life of the animal human manufacturers for food do not have to do that so the dogs That's the really because
0: play. really because i when i, I went into my mate dog into the vet the other day and i uh i looked at the, the food that the vets were selling and it was literally who's who and what's what of what you wouldn't want to give anyone for health uh, and that was from a vet and i was like looking yeah. at it and he's like They looked at me. What I went? I I, I said nothing. I didn't want to get into it. him. I was like, it was literally. I mean, because for some animal, maybe for the animals, for pets, maybe. But like, when you look at what they can feed, what they're allowed to feed, pigs and cows and things like that. Commercially. Commercially, Commercially. okay, yeah, commercially, I got you yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, same as anything. As you said before, that that drug will lower the immune system, which means it makes more susceptible to having another parasite or fungal infection. So. Once again, it's the same as with us, right? You look at look at their internal health and their overall health, and once you do that, the animal's going to be a lot a lot healthier, and it's going to be yeah. less susceptible to get in it. Yeah, cool. Yeah. So, you know, so-, so if,
2: you know, if they are like with your with the pets, you know, and obviously most people know that if they're dragging the butt on the floor, that's an indication that there's a problem. But like chronic itching, um, hair loss in patches, um, like when they become like chronic. Essence is a lot about them that they wouldn't normally get, or like wax, or you know secretions from the eyes, foul-smelling breath and faeces. These are all indications that yes, there's probably a parasite problem. But ultimately, that animal isn't very healthy. It's not just given more commercial chew sticks to make the breath smell better, or get a topical cream to apply to the patch where they're losing the hair. It's there's something deeper seated which you have to you know identify pretty much Mm
0: -hmm, 100% and with that you know you always see and this is the thing like with pets people have their pets in their bed they let them lick their face and all this and it's just like
2: you do not want to let them lick your face ever as much as you love them there is no kissy kissy time and no
0: no yeah you know and and for me, it's just like, I look at it and I'm like, oh, I've had, oh, it's just a nightmare. Some people, and they treat them like babies. And you're like, look, you got to understand, this is still an animal. You know, this is still, they're still doing things. And, and so with that, you know, talking about animals, I want to get onto partners and sex if we've got time, but that's important. Um, but with animals, there's certain animals that you're more likely to pick up a, a parasite from if you're eating them. For example, pork. Pork. Yeah.
2: yeah. Pork uh, and fish
0: pork and fish you know I've my mum actually she doesn't really want to eat fish anymore because she got a fish and she actually saw a worm and pulled it out now look you've got microscopic and macroscopic parasites and the macroscopic ones are the ones that probably freak people out the most because they can see them right um, so when it comes to pork and fish I mean they say that freezing pork for 48 hours can help but a lot of these parasites you know they can they can withstand being grilled they can uh, some of them can withstand being boiled in water they can put a force field around them um and and same with the fish. I mean, why why are fish and pork particularly bad? And also, last thing, for someone who likes to eat their meat rare, because it's so much tastier, am I at more of a risk or is it just the quality of meat and, and at my immune system?
2: Yeah, as we've just been talking about, it comes down to the animal's health. Yeah. So if you are eating a commercially raised animal, it is much more likely to have parasites yeah. because of its level of health and vitality so organic grass fed an animal that's reared within its natural environment so um you know wild fish not commercially farmed fish um you're much le- you're at much less risk uh, because the animal is healthier okay that that's what that comes down to with pork i still eat pork i just make sure that it's thoroughly cooked through There and I eat, I only eat pork where I know where it's come from, so I I won't eat no hot dogs. (laughs) Yeah, you know, and with fish, you you couldn't pay me to eat sushi seriously because the most of the parasites that you find in fish will be killed if it's cooked or if it's been blast frozen, blast frozen, okay, because certain. Parasites, yes, can What do you mean, do you, do you mean by, food, by like blast frozen?
0: What do, you mean by uh, blast? what do you mean by blast frozen?
2: So when, um, when the, uh, on the fishing boat, what they will do is um, blast freeze something, which basically means it's at a super low temperature for a brief period of time. So it literally goes from being you know, alive to being frozen. So it's, it's a very... Um, I can't remember what it's minus something in temperature and literally it goes from, you know, a normal temperature to be minus something that will kill the parasite. If it's just frozen, frozen, i.e., um, you know, you get your piece of fish, you put it in your freezer. That's not necessarily going to kill it. OK, so but cooking m- m- the majority of fish, if fish is cooked, the majority of parasites won't survive to infect you if you're eating cooked fish but okay. sushi I so what, what about prawns
0: what about prawns
2: <laughs> but it's the same thing you wouldn't same eat thing? prawns without cooking them
0: okay so yeah because you can get them okay so with sushi you were <laughs> you know it's so hard because i used to and this is the thing i used to love sushi and when i started more reading betters a few years ago i was like oh my god what have i been doing and um because it's so tasty but with sushi if people get the sushi that's been been cooked or tempura is that going to help
2: yeah. No, you you're fine with the stuff that's been cooked.
0: Yeah. But so yeah, the stuff that has fine. so the stuff that hasn't been cooked the stuff that hasn't been cooked, what are your chances of, of picking up a parasite?
2: You're increasing your risk factors quite high. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: with the Japanese and people like that who eat sushi all the time, would you think they're real parasites?
2: Yeah, um, what we tend to see is a lot of the Scandinavian countries have high levels of uh, parasites, um, because obviously they have favoritism to a lot of fish, but also a lot of raw, um, undercooked fish. Um, so yeah, in Asia, yes, they have problems, but they've got the slightly nastier um, fish. Let's uh, parasites, let's say, um, in more or oriental areas. So you've got a lot of flukes. Um, flukes. Flukes can be quite problematic. Flukes are the ones that are associated with um, cancer.
0: Liver flukes um, or all sorts
2: of flukes? Yeah, the you've got liver flukes, you've got blood flukes. Um, bladder, bladder, they'll end up in your bladder so they can cause bladder cancer because they cause thickening of the walls. So it's... Um, the flukes are a little bit more problematic. And the interesting thing is with flukes is, is that um, a lot of labs don't test for them. Uh, we test for all flukes. So whether it's the schistosomas, the fasciola, uh, the paragoninimus, Westamane, the conchoneus, there's, there's quite a few different flukes. Um, but generally the ones, the ones that you've got to be careful with um In regards to kind of from the fish side of things, um, it is more the ones that you'll find in more oriental areas.
0: Okay. Okay. So so what sort of fish would they more likely be in?
2: Oh, I couldn't tell you the specific fish, but it's the fish from those regions.
0: Okay, so so people like because I want to I want to get into this as well quickly. So people obviously there's a big movement for raw food um, and raw meat even nowadays because yeah. people getting huge, huge huge benefits. Someone like Andreas von der Plant as well killed himself with cancer Well, I can't say that, advanced disease or whatever from having raw meat. But would you say the benefits? I mean, that's because of the quality of these meats. So if, even if you're having sushi that's wild, or or, I mean, for, for example, we were eating chicken and beef, but that was obviously organic, it was pasture raised, it was from the best places. So, that obviously uh, considerably reduces your chances. But even if you're having sushi with this wild fish, is that still putting you at high risk? Yeah. Okay. And these, yeah, it's the,
2: the, 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 Parasites are a natural part of an animal's life, as they are a natural part of our life. They help develop the immune system. So whether it's wild or not, it's going to be better for you, i.e., the quality of the fish because it's been moving, it's been eating what it should be eating. So the actual nutrient composition of the fish and the health of the fish will be better for you, but it will still have some parasites.
0: So So
2: it still needs cooking. Right,
0: it needs cooking, and even if you're healthy, it needs cooking.
2: Yeah, I mean, ultimately, it's if you're healthy. There's less likelihood that that parasite will have the opportunity to hang out because the natural defences of the body will defend you. So if you've got good levels of hydrochloric acid, if your immune system's func- functioning, you, you know you are, you've got good digestion, you've not got slow transit um, time, etc., then you're less likely to. Um, so the, you know, the occasional time of eating some good quality fish i wouldn't have sushi from like off you know you can buy it from supermarkets where you don't know how long it's been on the shelves etc then but no this, this is the
0: problem all right? you don't know this is the problem this is well unless you're doing it yourself you really know people you've got to be careful this isn't trying to get to and it's like it's very it's it's very problematic because most people are just out eating sushi in a normal a normal restaurant they're not then you yeah. don't know who they are you now what it's been treated My with
2: yeah, the, the supermarket shelf, which mm. I always find absolutely – they have no idea. Supermarkets are in it to make money, as is, you know, most people are in a commercial industry. They want to make money. But pretty much with a supermarket, you know that they're not going to be using the highest quality because they, they want to make profit. And then how long has it been sat there? You know, sushi needs – if you talk to anybody, you know, like a proper sushi chef – it's literally it is prepared there and it should be eaten there and then.
0: Yeah, I completely understand, and, and that's why yeah.
2: things. Yeah, that's why things like the ginger and the wasabi go well, with it. Oh well, yeah, they are the anti. They are the anti-parasitics. That's why they've you know in Oriental cultures, that's why they've always had the wasabi and the ginger with yeah the actual sushi because the anti. Parasitical. I was going to say that. A lot of people nowadays don't bother with the star beer
0: ginger. I was going to say that to you. Yeah, I was going to say that to you. One hundred percent. People don't realise that's because it's the anti-parasitic properties uh, for that, and they think it's all to do with the flavour. It's like when people get a bottle of beer from uh, what's it, Mexico or something, and they put the lime in, and they think it's to do with the taste. It was actually because Mm. it used to to clean the rim of the glass. You know, but they don't (laughs) understand. So where it's coming. So if you're if you're having things, just for example, if you're, but then they put soy sauce on it, which has got another thing, but. If they're having it and, and they're having it and also most wasabi these days isn't actually proper wasabi, which is another issue, but if you're gonna have things like that, if you're having raw meat for example, even if it's organic and everything, you're doing it yourself, it's having things like antiparasitics with it. So like um ginger or milk thistle or whatever else you can take with it uh, msm different things
2: that not so much milk. yeah not so much milk thistle um milk thistle's more to um help the hepatocytes in the liver okay yeah be healthy. yeah um but so you know other things you
0: can take with it for example even like drinking your teas like your power Darko tea things like that they're gonna they're gonna help yeah um
2: yeah th- yeah, arco tea will help. It's not a strong anti fluke one, which is okay. the main concern with your fish. But things like ginger, things like um, grapefruit seed extracts, yeah, uh, like walnut wormwood would come into this. Or oregano. Um, like especially Chinese wormwood. Um, so yeah, there's definitely things that are more orientated to the okay. flukes. Okay. But it, you know, obviously people are going to let's say continue eating <laughs> mm. um raw fish then some of the symptoms that they need to be aware of for flukes these are the kind of the common symptoms for flukes it's diarrhea it's developing a mild cough abdominal pain um frequently they can get like a rash or itchy skin um they can get more kind of arthritis like symptoms over a period of time and um, swollen lymph nodes is a very common one with flukes, nausea, um, if it's more of a liver fluke, there's two types of liver flukes, um, so you'll get like tenderness in the in the, the liver area and around the gallbladder area, um, you can get problems with gallbladder, um, so bile, uh, deconjugation, things can happen, um, you can see blood in the urine if it's um, like a blood fluke, uh, because they get into the actual um, blood vessels, and it's not the actual flukes that cause the problem, it's the eggs because they've got like spikes on them, and the the spikes literally rip the tissue within the um, blood vessels. so you'll see blood um, in the urine if it's a blo- if it's a bladder fluke, for example. Okay. but you can get all you know you, you can get different types of flukes, but I've just kind of given you the overview of some of the symptoms you can get from the different flukes, not just the not, not just the fish ones. Um, the fish ones tend to be more to do with the liver that's that's where they'll tend to um, yeah. okay yeah. So, that's I, so that's why.
0: so that's why i was saying with the milk fish always helping to rebuild the liver as well but i know you mean it's in terms of um so all of our great extracts powerful these are things but as you said you need to to use i mean some things yeah if you have like a morning tonic these things can help but ultimately you want to be Say stand away from the sushi if you can but the other one uh just because of
2: so, sorry um right i'm just going back to the meat side
0: mm-hmm.
2: if you like because the, the your question you answer, you asked the question i didn't answer it in regards to meat if it's chicken or pork it needs to be thoroughly cooked okay. through
0: okay yeah
2: if it's beef lamb and again you know the source of it mm-hmm. you still need to sear yep. the outside of it so it's still you, the bacteria is more of the problem so you still need to sear the outside of it mm-hmm. to kill off any of the bacteria. Um, so rare, if, rare would be okay. Meat, yeah, me, rare, medium rare, yes. Um, if you know the source, and I'm, am you are very confident in the source of where the animal came from and how healthy it was, then if you want to eat it, you know, raw, you still need to sear the the outside. But yeah, if you want to eat it, you know, where the blood's still running out as long as you know the source of it and you seared the outside to make sure that you've killed the bacterial risk, then yeah, fine.
0: Okay. Um, if you don't know the source, is it more medium, medium well? Or, or, or Yeah, or me, me, medium rare.
2: Medium, medium rare
0: is rare. okay, okay. So, the other one, um, so for people that have got a parasite and it's been around for a long time, and they're in a relationship or they've got a, they're married, and even though they go on that, because I want to talk about an antifungal diet or an antiparasitic diet, is that enough? And also, if if you've got it, hasn't your partner got it? And then how long can it take to get rid of it? And sex, kissing, is that out of the question?
2: It depends what parasite it is. If it's a, let's say it's an intestinal parasite, really you don't need to be overly aware of that it's just it's good hygiene that that just comes down to good hygiene in that you wouldn't share um drinking bottles and you know cutlery without washing it and things like that Um, if you're kissing wouldn't that be the same thing with some of them yes if you're swapping fluids it can be but the majority of the common parasites that people will have you are unlikely to cross infect somebody through kissing, it's more likely going to be the fecal oral route. So it's the it's the other end you need to be more aware of. Okay. So if you are having um, oral sex, yes, that could be a problem, okay. for example. If you're using um, sex toys, those kind of things, then you've got to make sure that they're not contaminated with any um, fecal material. Um, are there, you know, are there certain said, materials
0: good. that they should use rather than so certain certain things harbour parasites and bacteria more? So would plastic sex toys be worse than other ones, or is, or is that just,
2: No, it's you've just got to make sure that they're, they're clean. Okay. That that's it. it's, it's what remember the fecal or oral route is if the um it's if there is um, eggs cysts, larvae within that species and if you are having oral sex you can easily take that in and that's how you can get infected um so it's you know as i said it's, it's have a shower before you're going to have sex make sure you're clean that kind of thing if one of you has got an an infection it's it's common sense in general you you don't really have to worry about kissing someday with parasites but then if we're going to start talking about things like h pylori which is a bacterial infection in the stomach then yes there is a risk factor there that that you could cross infect someday through Mm -hmm. kissing so it this is what i'm saying it's very difficult to be specific in regards to parasites as a whole because um, some will cause some problems and some won't so it's, it's it's it comes down i don't want people to stress out and stop being um, tactile with the partners because they're worried about parasites. It's you've just it's common sense, good personal hygiene, that kind of thing, and you should be fine. And ultimately, if one is positive, if one does test positive for a parasite. And the other person has symptoms, they should test and find out, and then they should treat themselves at the same time. Because if one person treats themselves and the other doesn't and they're infected, yes, there is a risk that they could reinfect the other person. Mm-hmm. So, so you keep one person
0: doing it and, and, in, and they keep not going away, they keep realizing every time they're having sex or sharing stuff, it's disinfecting them. And, and also, if you're in a relationship that's quite stressful and that lowers your immune system, wouldn't that be another way they come in as well?
2: Uh, stress. <coughs> Chronic stress is one of the main problems today in our westernized society, uh, this thought process that we need to be busy all the time and doing something, because it's not just the immune system, it's the digestive system, and this is where we get the most problems with parasites, it's, it's, that's where most people get infected, because if you are stressed, you are shutting down the parasympathetic side of your autonomic nervous system, which So you are dominant in the sympathetic side, which basically means the fight flight side. The parasympathetic side is all to do with your rest, repair and digestion. I.e., if you are not in a calm environment, um, not rushing, you know, you need to be chewing your food thoroughly um, before you swallow it. You need to um, create the cephalic response. The cephalic response is the messaging that goes from your brain telling your digestive system to turn on so to turn on the saliva production the hydrochloric acid all the different digestive hormones so mm. CCK um um secretin um your enzymes that are released from your pancreas the bile release from your gallbladder this is all done by the cephalic response um, which you you turn on by looking at your food, smelling your food, thinking about your food, how it is it going to taste? Cooking cooking's gosh. a
0: good reason to, to cook, yeah, right? So you cook, you prepare cook. it rather than just picking something up and eating it, it straight
2: away. Exactly, because it it, ter- it creates that cephalic response. Whereas most people today, it's literally, you know, they're on the phone, they walk into a store, grab something off the shelf, they're still on the phone, and they just start shoving it in the mouth. So there's no, the digestive system's not turned on. Not prepared, they're, they're, stressed, they're, they're not preparing
0: their body for
2: it. Yeah, and because they're stressed, they're not parasympathetic anyway. And in order to digest your food and absorb it, which is, you know, we've got a society now which is malnourished but overweight because, yeah, they're shoveling all this food in, which is a lot of it is what I'd call non-food, but they're not even absorbing anything from it because they, they have not gone parasympathetic and they've not turned a cephalic response on. So if you're eating some food which is has got some parasite larvae eggs in it, but you've not turned on your digestive defences like your hydrochloric acid, you are much more likely to pick up a parasite. So this is what I'm saying, but it's not just people being stressed. It's also they're too stressed to eat. They don't see eating as an important part of their health. It's just refueling the blood and shoving in they can.
0: Your, this is gold. One of the things I say to all my clients, if you're stressed, don't eat. I yeah. say, say to them, just relax. Ten deep breaths. Wait until you're re- if you're stressed, you're not, as you say, you're not going to produce the, even the enzymes in the mouth to break down the food, the hydrochloric acid, you're not going to bring your rest to digest, you're not going to digest it properly, it's etc et cetera, you're just, and the other thing as well when people say, oh, I was really hungry, I, just, I had to get something, I'm like, what's the point of being full of nothing? Mm-hmm. Just give your yeah. body a break and all we're doing is just, and it, you, everything you said there, you've just hit the nail on the head and it's just so important for people to understand that. It's like, get because as you said before 24 7 everything's open 24 7 you can get food whenever you want now you've got to think about it they're putting food in their mouths without any preparation that's why i think cooking's a big part of it like it's preparing your food you're actually giving your food some energy towards it it's all preparing yeah. it and it actually makes you respect the food more than just
2: well it's, it that's the thing ultimately it's kind of like it should be like a ritual in a way um because that food that you are eating has sacrificed its existence to help perpetuate your progression in life you are eating something that is giving you its its vitality and its energy whether it be a vegetable whether it be a fruit whether it be a piece of steak that that living organism had a energetic frequency which is you are now taking into your body which it's not just the nutrition element of it, it's it's the whole energetic element of it. So when you're eating an animal that's been commercially raised, that's had a piss-poor in life that it hasn't enjoyed, it's that's that's the energy of the food that you're taking in. So making better choices about where your food comes from and the quality of your food, but also being present with your food and mindful of what you're eating and paying it, not homage, but but Being grateful, saying thank you to it when you eat it, that helps you take on board the not only the nutritional element of it, but the the whole um, energetics of it. So it's you evolve. Much more cleanly. You're, take, all... you're
0: taking on its consciousness, right? As well, you're taking yeah. on it. People don't realise it's all worries to people. Even in the metaphysical, now in the medical, way, they're understanding it. Like it, I always, I talked about this with Tom Stavely uh, in my last interview. It, and uh, I'm saying I now look at food as rather than just like good and bad, I look at it as like high energy, low energy. Like if you're going to have something low energy, you need to make sure you're having a lot of high energy foods. And so rather than like your greens or your your quality meats or whatever, they're high energy foods. So if you go and have a beer, for example, that's a low energy food. So you need to make sure you're putting or you're doing high energy things in that day. You're breathing, maybe some qigong, Maybe you've exercised or walked in nature. And this is the other thing. It's all about stress. People constantly on their phones, EMF frequencies, poor quality oh. water, all these things. And actually, you've got a good site, um, I think it's Holistics Online. Um, I'm going to have to talk to you more about this because I want to get some of that on, on my thing. The, the, the Tesla, the Tesla yeah, brokers. The Teslas, yeah, yeah, they're really good. The
2: Orgons. Um, the orgons. We've, got, we've got Teslas and Orgons. Um, just while we're on that, there's been some um, new research come out in the last year or so. So the communication industry is four times bigger than the pharma industry so the pharmaceuticals so that's just giving you an idea of how powerful they are to start with okay so we know the pharma big pharma is incredibly powerful and as i've said drugs have a place they serve a purpose but they're not there for chronic use you know now with the communication industry um so with (laughs) With that, four times bigger than the pharma industry, which shows you how powerful they are and how much um, financial support they have. Let's put it that way. How
0: much yeah, financial support It's a nice way of putting it, with their 5G and their 6G coming out and their 7G.
2: Yeah. So what I want people to realise is that um, there's been a lot of research over the years that has been by let's say more independent researchers and that research has been suppressed by the communications industry okay so in regards to 3g 4g etc wi-fi the there has been a lot of information that shows that that technology is not good for our health all right shock Sure. Now, with the recent upsurge in dementia and Parkinson's and Alzheimer's, the so neurological diseases, a lot of the big universities and research institutions have started going down that route of trying to find out more about the causative factors. I'm trying to be very careful with what I say here because I could get into trouble. <laughs> so, you tell me, t- t-
0: tell, me off- tell me offline. I
2: tell everyone. I no. <laughs> um, just bear with me while I word it politically correctly, but get the message across. Yeah. So, because now the big institutions are releasing information in regards to the negative effects of Wi-Fi, there's more research coming out into mainstream that the in the communication industry can't suppress. Okay or suppress it as well as they have done. They the try companies. they're
0: trying their best, right?
2: Yeah, oh, yeah. So, what I want people to understand is that we we are all we've all got very used to the convenience of phones, internet, computers, and yes, it does make our lives more simple. But you need to be aware of how much you are using these appliances so like your phone etc and especially at night if you have your phone in your bedroom and it's um powering up or whether it's just there and you use it as alarm you are causing major problems in regards to your neurological system okay so most people will go well i put it onto flight mode great that reduces the signal output but it is still outputting okay because if somebody kidnaps a child for example or they're trying to find a fugitive the police can track somebody's phone even if it's in airplane mode so that means it's still emitting a signal mm-hmm. right i want you to this is what i want to get across people so even worse if you have got your phone on and it's not on airplane mode it's just on its normal output you've got it you know you're using it for an alarm or whatever and it's in the bedroom the closer to your head is the more problematic it is now you've got everybody will have heard of the lymphatic system in the body which Mm -hmm. is how you drain out the toxins from the cells gets taken to the lymphatic nodes and put into the circulatory system to be taken out so it's it's your toxins, your debris. It's a very important system. The lymphatic system needs to be pumped to do its job. So you need to move regularly. I'm not mm-hmm. talking about doing specific exercise. I'm talking about you need to move regularly. So if you've been sat for a long time, stand up for five minutes. Go and walk up and down some stairs. You need to move to get your lymphatic system to work. Now, what they've found in the last um, five years or so, five, ten years, is something called the glymphatic system, which is in your brain. So your glymphatic system is exactly the same as your lymphatic system. It's there to drain the toxins out. OK, so the lymph, the glymphatic system, the one in your brain only comes into function at night when you are asleep and you have to go into your deep delta waves in order for the glymphatic system to fully function, optimally function. OK. And what happens is you've got fluid pathways through the brain. And when you go to sleep, these fluid pathways expand, allowing more fluid to flow through. And the whole point of this is to remove the byproducts that the brains produced through the day to remove the toxins, things like heavy metals. We are full of heavy metals. OK. And that is a big issue. We'll talk about that another time. We will, but heavy heavy metals, um, toxins ju- just through the normal function of the brain in the day need to be removed because what these big institutions have now found is that if you don't activate the glymphatic system, i.e., clean your brain out, it's a major problem, and you increase your risk factors for developing Alzheimer's and dementia. Like it's something like tenfold. It's it's a massive number. Okay. I'm not very good at remembering stats, so. but it's a massive number.
0: But this, yeah. now,
2: now, the reason I'm explaining all this is because one of the other things that they found is that if you have Wi-Fi or any kind of electromagnetic radiation or frequencies, microwaves, etc., EMFs, around you when you sleep, it stops the lymphatic system from functioning properly.
0: Really cool
2: it stops you going into delta wave so which is completely the, completely not yeah it depends on how many sources you've got kind of coming at you pretty much okay so, but it's it's a it affects detrimentally massively okay <laughs> So pretty much what you've got is we've known for a long time that um, the electromagnetics will affect the pineal gland, and it's your pineal gland that's responsible for releasing your melatonin. Okay? So your melatonin is your sleep hormone, mm-hmm. and it's a very strong antioxidant. Um, it's a very it's a strong immune support hormone. So it's very important you have your melatonin release at night. Very important. So they've known for a long time that uh, Wi-Fi, electromagnetic shuts down the pineal gland it affects the output of the melatonin but now what they've identified is it will affect the lymphatic system so it reduces the ability for your brain to clean itself during the night which if you're not cleaning out the toxins that increases your risk factor for dementia and alzheimer's massively now i briefly touched upon heavy metals um, and heavy metals are a problem. And whether you've got mercury fillings in your mouth, whether you've had vaccinations, whether you're eating fish that are high in mercury, like tuna, sword, swordfish, shark, etc. Obviously, you need to be aware of that and you need to visit an appropriate holistic dentist or biological dentist that can remove those fillings appropriately. Otherwise, you're just going to have the mercury uh, bioaccumulating in your body. Cascading through, yeah. But they, what most people don't realise is that um, um, <laughs> jet fuel that they use for planes is full of heavy metals. So where they had to take out lead and cadmium a few years ago for car fuel,
1: mm-hmm.
2: the air the the airplane industry did not have to do that. So when you see those white chemtrails contrails. Chem there's a lot of heavy metals in those. They're going into the atmosphere. They are settling on the food that you're eating, whether it's organic or not. You're breathing it in. It's settling on your skin. It's in your atmosphere. You are taking in heavy metals. So, this is why aluminium has been become an aluminium and arsenic, actually. They're the two that have become really problematic in the last few years because we're just bioaccumulating a lot from what we're, we're breathing in, from what's in the atmosphere, from what's around us. Heavy metals. Act as an antenna in your brain for Wi-Fi. Are we connecting the dots here?
0: I mean, there's about a million different ways I want to go with this, huh? uh, and you're smashing it out apart because you've got Wi-Fi on. If you're in a house, it's not. If, it's, if you're if you're not in a. Uh, in a, in a, if you're in a before, for example, if you're not in a, what's it called, Um, if you're, in a, if you're not in a detached house, even then, if you're in a semi-detached house, you haven't got yours on, but someone else has, So if you're in a block of flats, and you haven't got wife on, but they have, this is why they want to put us all together, we're like cattle, and I don't to get too deep <laughs> into this, because it becomes like, you're conspiracy nut, but it's really, why do you think they're doing this for, why do you think everyone's so angry with each other all the time, no one's got a clean brain, no one's got a clean body, no one's got a clean blood. And you sit and try and talk to people, and you're like, you're not even make. You're angry about nothing. You don't even know what you're talking about. You're not making sense. You're massively toxic blood, infested with parasites. Your brain's not clean. You're eating terrible food. You're constantly in your fight and fight and flight nervous system. You're not even a human anymore. I don't know what you are. And this is like, and what you're talking about the aluminium, arsenic, Wi-Fi, boom. Well, of course it's going to affect your brain. I always turn Wi-Fi off at night, and when I'm gonna try, I'm gonna get things plugged in, so I want to talk to you about it. And you've like. Yeah. And this is the thing. People don't understand. When you know, it's really hard not to not to, like, to, to sleep. It's a problem with hotels. You're in a hotel. I'm guessing you're, you're done. But if you do that a few nights, but things that people can do straight away, turn off the Wi-Fi at night, put their yeah. phone out of the room.
2: Yeah. You don't want any um electrical equipment turned on um during the night. So, pretty much, yeah, your, your phone is your main one. You, you know, it's so easy, just leave it downstairs, turn it off, don't put it on flight mode, turn it off because it's still trying to find a signal. Put a timer on your, your router, on your Wi Fi, so it goes off at nine o'clock at night and it comes back on when you want it to in the morning at eight o'clock or nine o'clock. So, you Those 12 hours are powerful, right? Yeah,
0: 12 hours are powerful without
2: it. Yeah. You want to sleep. You mm. need to sleep.
0: Mm-hmm, you, need you know, you, sleep. your
2: optimal period of immune repair time is between 10 o'clock at night, two o'clock in the morning for physical repair, and then it's two o'clock to six o'clock for psychological repair. So you do not want your Wi-Fi on during those periods of time, between 10 and 6. OK, it needs to be off. Reduce your your interaction with it through the day. And if you aren't aware of how... Um, much you interact with your phone there's an app that you can download that's free which is called um, moment and it tracks how much you're using your phone Mm. and it tells you so you can look at it and most people when i get clients to do that they're shocked because they do not realize how addicted to their phone they are
0: well this is we're talking about this with paul actually paul check he's talking about People don't realise all these things, like, it used to be for adverts, now you've got the phones and the laptops, and you say, do you understand how quickly you can download a, a mind virus? you will like, shock the, shot the shit out of you. And, like, people, mm-hmm. why well, do you think this is all addictive? You're sitting here, rather than, I mean, this is, one thing's good, I can talk to you about these things, we're having a great conversation about this, it. getting out to the world. That's a very positive part of it. Yeah. The other part of it is, unfortunately, the majority of people aren't interested. In I mean, they, they just don't know, though, to be fair. I didn't know until I got ill. I didn't know I got ill, and that's how i that's how I found this path nine years ago I was in a bad place and so and I used to be like that just do whatever, take a pill if you get ill, it's not a problem, but you'll run down like this that'd be are all that no wonder these parasites can come in and take take hold and everything else, and
2: yeah they're, they're not the bad guys they're no, just no. you just... the opportunity. And they've been around a lot longer than we have, and they'll be around after we're gone.
0: Yeah, and so they see. I think you said they see infrared, and if they, if you're like growing up like a Christmas tree, they, they, will, they will infiltrate some. They're just looking for a host, like. And so yeah. with these, with these things, I talk about. I think I've, Warren said he talked to you. and He said, look, an antifungal and antibiotic diet isn't enough because they, they can just, they're yeah. just wait out. They just way out. So what is it? Is it just having like a uh, predominantly like living just a you know, holistic lifestyle. Yeah. staying away from chemicals as much as possible. Wi-Fi as much as possible. Yeah, it's,
2: it's, it's, it's looking after yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just looking after yourself. So it's, you know, making sure that you are um, reducing your overall physiological load. So the stress on your body, you need to reduce it down. So if you, if your diet's not very good, look at your diet, get it cleaned up. If you're not, you know, you need to rest and recover. So make sure that you're getting asleep. Make sure that you're hydrated. Manage your stress levels intelligently. Create me time. Most people do not get the concept of me time. So the definition of me time is you're doing something that you want to do. It's not because somebody else wants to do it. You want to do it. You enjoy doing it and you feel better for doing it.
0: Okay. That, can, that can even be a social thing, right? Cause it can some, Because it, sometimes it's funny because the social thing, you might go out for a couple of drinks with your friends and that's not good. But the social aspect of it is like hugely powerful. So it's almost like a yeah. counterbalance. And and community. So, yeah, community. And that's another thing. Like people. I was talking about the, the author of the book, book The iGeneration, that's come out. And they're talking about how we used to see each other three to four times a week. Now it's like two times a week. Uh, like sex is going down amongst children because they're on porn sites. It's, it's all. Everything yeah. is, and don't get into it too much, I interviewed Jason Christoph about this and Circle, and it's like, this is all designed to be a big problem for us, and to, 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 yeah. to, to fracture us as much as possible, and people need to realise that, and you need to be a certain level of health to even take that in, and not think it's all conspiracy, because you walk, I, went, I was in a LA in San Diego and um, Canada recently, and, and and that's even more wacky do than what we've got over here, but... And if you're driving around and you're just living life, you won't know. You just think everything's fine. It's the norm.
2: It's you know ultimately it's how it's how it's presented that this is a norm, and what it should be ultimately is, is the other way around. It annoys me that an organic food has got this. Oh, you know, you're a bit of a stranger if you're eating organic food. But ultimately, when it comes down to it, organic food is. Food. food. This is food. It should yeah. be. Yeah. It's the other kind of food that's been genetically modified or. No, there's no tri- wrong with that. There's, there's no wrong with genetic modification.
0: There's no wrong with it. It's fine. Yeah, it's all good for you. It's like, 100% I get you. are like, what are you on about? I'm eating natural food.
2: Yeah.
0: So like, how can that be the issue? So like, what, you want your food pumped for the chemicals? And it's like, I don't. It, that's what I'm saying. But people just think you're wacky. It's like, as Paul said, he, he talked about these companies buy organic certifications up and they yeah. test their organic food versus their non organic food and they say look it's the same it's like that's not none of your food's organic it's so, yeah. so and so people see that and they see the papers and they hear it sort oh if, if if it another story i had the other day that like we went to or was in a studios and one of the golf balls there uh, had above it oh the the this this is carcinogenic or whatever I mean, in, in california they have to put it by law so thanks carcinogenic yeah. and um and my friend was like, "What? How can they sell that?" And I was like, "Well, they've told you." He said, "But wh- how can they sell that? It's carcinogenic." I was like, "If they wasn't allowed to sell anything that's carcinogenic, then uh, they wouldn't be able to sell about ninety five percent of the products that are on the market right now." And um, yeah, and that was that was the thing. Um, and so you know, you're so right. You're just bringing this is and people need to understand this. is all interlinked. Um,
2: yeah. I mean, I don't want to freak anybody out, but you know, it's if you have got information, you then have the ability to make better choices that are supporting your health, and that that's what I aim to do. Whether it's working with you know through working with clients, whether it's training practitioners through integrative health, it's all about educating people so that they can empower themselves to take care of themselves. Mm -hmm. So you know, simply putting your Wi-Fi you know on a timer at night, not having your phone in the bedroom. Making sure that all other electrical appliances are turned off. It, it's simple things that aren't going to make your life difficult, but they will improve the quality of your life. And you've got to think of the long term effects because, you know, as we know, diseases ultimately take 15 to 20 years to develop. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's not, it, you know, it's not going to happen overnight things manifest because the body over a period of time gets overwhelmed with what's actually um, happening. So, you know, things are gradually created over a period of time. And so by stopping the Wi-Fi at night, you're reducing that gradual deterioration because you're supporting the effects of the the lymphatic system to do its job, you know, to clean house. So, it's obviously, you know, within the brain. So, <laughs> so it's all good. Sorry, my battery was going. I've about to plug it in. That's it's all cool. right. I was
0: going to say people can't see it, so they don't they don't realise it. They don't realise the impacts having on the things like Wi Fi. But really, everything you're saying is look, living a holistic lifestyle, building up your central nervous system, your immunity. It's and like being act being active, cleaning your body where it needs to be, staying away from things. It's living that holistic lifestyle, really caring about what you're putting in your body, um, both, both from your mouth, also from your eyes, that's going to yep. boost you, and that's going to mean that these parasites will be less likely to take over. One, and two, it's going to keep you healthy for a lot longer. And so, really, although there's certain things you can do for parasites, and if you need to, putting all those things in place is going to greatly improve your health anyway, which is going to lead to um, you, you having been less susceptible to these things coming in and taking over, as well as everything else that's going
2: on. Yeah, because it's not just parasites. You know, obviously we um, you've got fungal infections, you've mm. got viral infections, you've got retroviruses. You know, you've we've got a big problem. I do a lot of work with Lyme and co-infections and things like SIBO. with so, you know, with, with, with
0: Lyme, sorry, sorry, to interrupt you. with Lyme, you see it as a parasite?
2: No, no, it's it's a bacterial.
0: It's a bacterial one, yeah. Yeah. You get spirochete, yeah. And so, so carry, sorry, carry on. You see, you do a lot with them, and they're all just opportunistic as well
2: it's we have got um we've got definitely we've got more of a problem um and if anybody thinks it's only certain areas in the world where you can pick up uh, like a borrelia infection a Lyme infection no it's not you can get it anywhere in the world it has been identified in pretty much every country in the world now um, and we do have quite a big problem in this country it's unfortunately chronic Lyme is just not recognized by the medical association um acute Lyme is um so they will treat that but chronic Lyme is more of a problem but if you get bitten by a tick and that bacteria gets into your system and it's generally not just Borrelia or all the, that there's several different strains of Borrelia. um there's a lot of co-infections as well um that come into it uh, that go you know like Bartonella etc uh, mycoplasma pneumonia there's there's a lot of co-infections that you, you can pick up it is if your immune system is optimal as we were talking about with the parasites any kind of pathogen if your immune system is good you have a higher chance of not having a long-term problem
0: or even getting bitten right
2: no if you get bitten but what i'm saying is if the immune system is fully functional you've got more protective mechanisms in place so you're less likely to have but when they a, Just
0: because just, uh, there was a late. Yeah, uh, I was talking. Uh, she 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 contracted Lyme, uh, and she'd been walking through this field for 40, forty years. Forty years she'd been walking through this field. Never never been bitten by a tick. Stressed. St- was really stressing for a year. Eating badly. Everything back And then she got bitten by a tick. And I was thinking. I mean, obviously your immune system is going to be better when you're healthier. But even when you run down, like, she got bitten when she was run down. I was thinking, is that a coincidence? Or did they see her as food? Or did they see her as something they could go after because they could see that she was run down, you know, but from the things you were emitting or glowing? That's another yeah. thing I'm thinking about. It's, Does it make sense or not? I
2: would say, yes, no, no. there's, there's, there's research that shows this. Um, <laughs> sorry. that's <laughs> all right. There's research that was done, well, way back in the... 1920s and 30s um the show right it's not the it's the it's the frequency that you are emitting that's what they're attracted to or not attracted to so as an example some of the the testing that they did was they would grow the same kind of crop so let's say it was wheat in two fields that were next to each other And one field would be treated with, um, you know, fertilisers, et cetera. So it would be sprayed with fertilisers, herbicides, that kind of thing. The other field would be grown organically, so it wouldn't be treated with anything. And um, what they found was that um, they would tip out the insects that would attack that said crop. So let's let's just stick with it's a wheat crop. And those insects would attack the field that had been farmed with the pesticides, etc. So even though the two fields were next door to each other and it was the same crop planted at the same time, they wouldn't attack the field that had been um, farmed organically. And what they identified was that it was down to the frequency, because remember, anything living has a frequency. Mm-hmm. Um, so we vibrate; we have frequencies. Mm-hmm. And what would happen is um, the healthy field would have a different frequency emitting from that crop versus the crop that wasn't healthy that had been sprayed. So, any living organism has a frequency. So, let's say that somebody's super healthy and they have a vitality level at a 10, their frequency is optimal. As you go down, so let's say somebody's at a 6, 7. Mm-hmm. their frequency output isn't as optimal, they're not as healthy. So parasites and fungi are attracted to a lower resonance frequency. So let's say it's around that 5, 6 marker because that's what is recognised. I'm just using kind of general numbers here to make it easy for people to understand. Yeah, that's cool. Um, so we recognise if somebody's got a parasite, a fungal, a bacterial, a viral overgrowth, There's something going on. We know that their level of vitality is much lower than it should be, and therefore their frequency is lower. So things like these pathogens, frequency is just their signal. It's Mother Nature's signal to go, right, this specimen, whether it's the wheat, whether it's a human being, is not as healthy as they should be. They're not going to contribute very well to the planet as a whole, so we may as well take it back into the Earth and do something more you know, with it. Yeah, mother nature decomposers, right? Say again? The mother nature's
0: decomposers. Like that's what that's
2: what they're there for. Yeah. So it's a way of identifying your frequency is a it's it's what you know insects, animals, etc. use as a way of identifying um, how healthy something is. Now just because we're not aware or as acutely sensitive as you know animals, insects etc, it doesn't mean that we're not aware of it because you know energy medicine is being used frequently now i use the nest system of energy medicine i do um, sound healing using tuning forks which is you know Mm -hmm. specific resonance and it's known as the new medicine Mm -hmm. and if you think that this is airy fairy what do you think an x-ray is or an ultrasound machine is it's frequency
0: yeah
2: you know a ct scanner frequency that's what it's measuring of course yeah. so they, they're using it for, in Western medicine, they're using it for identification purposes, i.e., you know, trying to identify where things are wrong. But they have now started using things like ultrasound, et cetera, for treatment as well because it corrects the frequency imbalance. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to, you know, pathogens and things, they're hardwired to look for something which is not healthy and therefore go Eat it, destroy it, take it back to the ground where something better can be done with it. Mm -hmm. So the same laws apply to food crops, apply to anything else that has a frequency, which includes us. Mm -hmm. So again, going back to the Wi-Fi, that's what Wi-Fi is. It's frequency. That's Mm -hmm. what your electromagnetic radiation is. It's Mm -hmm. frequencies. And unfortunately, the frequencies that those networks run on are frequencies that are not beneficial for our health.
0: Yeah, hundred percent, and that, 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 everything you're saying is just—it's this is just why I say to people, it's—it's it's not just one thing. People always say, "Well, Ryan, what do you think of this?" It's like, yeah, it's a magic bullet approach. So you need to take in consideration everything you're talking about here. Yeah. You're talking about aluminium and arsenic as well. So that just tells me having greens or having certain things of every day in your in your, your every day or at least a few days a week in your diet that are going to chill out these heavy metals and it'll help boost your system. That's gonna that's a no-brainer. Uh, and things like things also like infrared saunas. Or having a detox bath, or anything, you know, everything that's going to help boost my system and, and move it, even like maybe a little bit of rebounding or, or whatever it is, you know. Yeah. These are all mm-hmm. huge things, and so I mean, it's, this is such a this is why it's sort of like I always say to people, and it's something I heard probably about seven or eight years ago. I can't remember where it was from. I heard it on extreme radio from other doctors, and, and they said, and I use it. I say the way you heal anything is the way you heal everything in terms of look there are subtle differences that you got to do but if you put in practice majority of things i always say that you can't dry off when you're still in the shower you've got to take away the main toxins in your life would be people environmental things you know um, food etc you add in all the good stuff you give yourself time to heal um, it, it, it's amazing what can happen and as you say like it's so different these days. You've got all these, why do you think disease is through the roof? No matter what it is or whatever your epi- um, your genetic uh, predisposition to disease is, why it's through the roof, cancer or anything. These weren't like this 40, 50, 60 years ago and now everyone's either getting dementia or cancer or, or something, you know. It's because all these lives, the way we live in is just so out of sync with Mother Nature and it's no, <laughs> it's no coincidence that the people I get on here that live in these principles are some of the healthiest people around and they're helping others find that. Um, I'm sure you can agree.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Ultimately we know from the Human Genome Project that it's not the genes that um, are what is creating the diseases, it's the epigenetics, it's what we're doing on a day-to-day basis, our lifestyle choices Mm -hmm. that potentially give the polymorphism, the SNP within the genome the ability to express itself and if you don't give it the ability to express itself in that negative way i.e you live a healthy life you take you make the right choices on a daily basis you put the energy into doing that rather than putting the energy into doing you know a bad choice because it takes just as much energy you're less likely to then experience a disease state that you would probably rather not whether that be cancer heart disease neurological disease parkinson's etc these are all things that have uh, been created and i know some people will not take this kindly but ultimately whatever you are experiencing basically you have contributed to creating that experience whether it's something you, you want to experience or whether it's something you don't want to experience you have along the way because it takes 15 to 20 years to develop a disease you have contributed to the creation of
0: well people will say and i completely agree with it and people will say well what about these babies that got disease how come they're getting it they haven't been doing 15 20 years what do you say to them
2: well ultimately you've got to remember that the woman's eggs are in her when she's born okay so what that means is you were in your grandmother Mm -hmm. so what was the health of your grandmother what was the health of your mother and if they haven't had very healthy lifestyles, ultimately that egg—remember, all the eggs in a female are in the mother—which basically means when she's born, all the eggs are there. Which basically means those eggs you were in your grandmother. So it's not about oh, that child's just come into the world. It's the health of the the mother, the grandmother, because that is um, creating the potential for it to express itself later. Mm-hmm.
1: 100%.
0: You know, yeah, No, 100% agree with you what you're saying and I just wanted you to put it out there because people always say well, what about these children what have they done it's like well the, the, you Yeah, they, from, have, they, they haven't done they anything. They haven't done anything. <laughs> no, they're just, they're, no they're just, they just come from their parents. You know, you've got two toxic yeah. parents who are uh, not living life and why do you think people can't conceive at the moment? I've got so many people who can't conceive million-one things and they're running around and I, I've, I've dealt with a lot of mean, I'm sure you have as well. helped people fall pregnant that have spent thousands upon 21,000 oh, yeah, on thing And it's just taken, it's just like you're overly stressed, you're too toxic, you're mini exactly. things you're doing wrong, and you take it away and they fall pregnant. And it's like they don't want to hear it because they want to keep living the, the same rubbish, or the same rubbish, the same life they're living. It's like, well, yes, yeah, cool. Uh, and they're yeah. sitting there eating McDonald's and you're wondering why you're not getting pregnant. It's like, well, you know, what, what do you want from me? You know? uh, and as I say,
2: Go yeah, it. and it's not just that. It's what you've got to remember is when somebody decides that they do want to have a child, they need to get themselves cleaned up before they have that child, 100%. because the first child born, the first child born from any woman, that child is will take up a lot of the toxicity from that mother. Really? Okay. So when we're talking heavy metals and things,
0: no, no wonder I have problems. <laughs>
2: Yeah. So, it's you know, yes, they've got to get themselves healthy and they've got to get the things like the heavy metals out because the heavy metals get transferred to the child. And this is one of the reasons now that has been identified why we have got such a high rate of things like attention deficits, autism, etc., it's because not just the vaccines and things. No, but you add it people, all together, it's right? It's what's coming from the mother as yeah. well.
0: Yeah, you add it all together. And it's a toxic soup. Um, that was one of the things I had. I had extensive mercury poisoning, um, and my mom, my mom had a mouthful of mercury. And yeah. So, and so you wonder why, and uh, she, she didn't know. Like she's just done what everyone, like everyone else yeah. has done. So it's not like people are doing it on purpose. A lot of the time, it's yeah. just people just living the uh, modern lifestyle. No,
2: yeah. There's no point looking at the past and going oh you're to blame nobody's to blame nobody sets out you know as a parent to harm the child they do the best that they can and ultimately wherever you're at at this moment in time that's your starting point look at what you can do to help yourself and to create a shift there's no point wasting energy on blame it doesn't get anybody anywhere And generally, you know, a parent is not looking to harm their child. They're looking to do the the best that they can. Of
0: course.
2: The knowledge that they have, the information, is what they base their decisions on, which is why I said earlier, ultimately, it's about educating people so that they have the knowledge, they have the power to make appropriate choices that are supportive of themselves, their loved ones, fa- friends, family, etc.
0: Yeah, hundred percent, Emma. I know we've kept to you a little bit longer than what we what we planned. Yeah, I am going to
2: have to go. Uh, yeah, that's so right.
0: Have a meeting. <laughs> that's right. I'm going to say to Emma, thank you very very. much. If you just hold on for one second, I just want to finish off it with yeah. you individually, but it's thank been, you very much.
2: Yeah, no, thank you for the experience to chat. It's been great, and um, I'm. a... If, I'm assuming that you're going to put out contact details and things yeah, on so your website. Got, yeah,
0: so you've got to run through them quickly. I know you've got um, – just go through them. Just go on through quickly. quickly.
2: Um, so this Integrative Health Education, which is the education company. Um, yeah. I am taking a sabbatical this year, but I will be teaching next year. If people are interested in SIBO, I will be teaching a course in October in England, but that's mm-hmm. the only course I am teaching. Um, we have holisticsonline.com, um, which is a very eclectic mix of healthy beneficial supplements grounding sheets electromagnetic protection etc there's lots of different things on there um, pci europe or parasite is the parasite testing lab anybody can test through there if they are a practitioner mm-hmm. the client's results will go to the practitioner. If they are general public, they can still test, but they will have to speak to one of our practitioners before they receive their test results. Mm -hmm. So anybody can order a parasite test um, from that website, parasitetesting.co.uk. But as I say, if they are general public and they're not working with a practitioner, they have to speak to one of our practitioners um, about their results. Um, And then obviously my clients or my um yeah my clinic if you like is energize with a z mindbody.com um but i do have a six month waiting list um in regards to clients so it may take time
0: fair enough emma absolute pleasure to speak to you i know we'll be doing this again um we've got lots more to cover but thank you very much for coming on
2: you are welcome thank you for the opportunity no worries
0: so guys and girls that was emma lane i'm sure you got lots out of that um it's a really good conversation Fascinating. Talk all about parasites, heavy metals as well, Wi-Fi EMFs. Why it's so important? Just to take a holistic approach to your health and keep on bu- building your immunity, boosting your immune system, um, chelating out heavy metals, keeping yourself vital with breathing and um, clean water, no chemicals on your skin, etc., etc. Uh, really, really interesting uh, lady Emma, and we'll be getting her back on to talk about uh, other things, such as um, I mean, she's got other courses that she does, which are phenomenal as well. Um, talking about the body uh, facial, how the fa- how she can get someone's face and tell what's wrong with them facial expressions, also how the body refers pain, um, different areas as well. She she's fascinating she does a lot of teaching as well and she's someone that i definitely want to make a regular guest on the show because she's got a lot to or well, a lot of information a lot of knowledge she's been doing this a long time as i said before so um yeah let me know what you think about the episode guys and girls and if you want to find her um she has got a few websites that i'll be putting in the show notes so that was mla definitely be getting her on at a later date um as Oh, well, just as always, but some people you want to be, want to have a regular, regular guest and you realise that their knowledge is vast and they can talk to you about a lot of different subjects and subject matter and they're just really fun conversations to have and uh, it was really easy to talk to. First time I ever, ever met Emma and it was just a very easy conversation to have. Now, um... Moving on, just to let you know, guys and girls, that the free four-day course is still available at www.reviveyourself.co. Anyone dealing with a chronic health issue can go over there and get our free course. And if you're looking to work uh, with anyone or with ourselves and you're dealing with a serious health issue that you've been having for quite a long time it's chronic it's not gone away and you're looking to get rid of it for good and you'd like some one-to-one mm-hmm. help and and support and, and accountability and a structure and a program then hit me up with an email at ryan at reviveyourself.co or you can go to www.reviveyourself.co and there's a contact link for um, myself there and I'll get back to you as soon as possible otherwise guys and girls um, absolute pleasure uh, interviewing me today I've got lots of core interviews coming for you I've got another another Czechie Matt Warden um, another top top level Czech professional Matt Warden uh, next on the list and then I'll be getting into lots of others but yeah when, the great thing about talking to these Czech petitioners is always that they've got such a vast knowledge it's not just one thing uh, because when it comes to health it's not just nutrition it is the, the mind body so understanding how the mind works really important reducing stress from every single aspect it is a complete lifestyle and it's really important so I just want you to take that on board today, guys and girls, okay? Uh, As always, guys and girls, stay happy, stay healthy, and I'll speak to you soon. Bye-bye.
1: If you're struggling with gut issues such as gas, bloating, constipation, diarrhea, indigestion, heartburn, and want to finally be able to eat the foods you love without the crippling after-effects, then don't forget to head over to reviveyourself.co and pick up your free copy of The Healing Health Paradigm today.